0: This podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition, a delicious range of sumptuously smooth dark chocolate. Hello! I was beginning to wonder. Hi, my love. Do you know what?
1: I'll explain why. It takes me a long time to get to the door. Oh, good. That'll be a good
0: story. Hello podcast listeners, I'm Roisin Ingle and you are very welcome to Back to Yours, a podcast where I talk to some big names about their houses, snoop in their drawers and find out all about the homes they've lived in. Coming up in season one, I'll go back to yours with Amy Huberman, Dermot Bannon and Rose McGowan. But in this episode, I go back to yours with Dolly Alderton, columnist podcaster she presents the high low with Pandora Sykes and has her own love stories podcast which is fantastic and the author of everything I know about love which is such a wise book about growing up and finding yourself and you should all read it if you haven't already
1: there you go look at that oh my god you dream girl I think I would literally like go to Ireland once a month just to get a month
0: I gave her a giant multi-pack of Tato because I know from meeting her at the Boris Festival of Writing and Ideas last year that she's never met a crisp she doesn't like. And Dolly, very nicely, made us champagne cocktails. Really hope you enjoy this.
1: Dolly, Dolly. could you just describe the cocktail that you have just created? So this is a, this should be a classic champagne cocktail. Mm, and I'm sorry, even though I had both you ladies round, I should have got the champagne in. <laughs> I have Cremant. Here you go, let's Ching ching, yeah. um, and it's brandy and sugar and bitters, and it it's is bloody delicious. Ambrosial. <laughs> Do you know what I had? I've said to my friend on Saturday, she came round, and I was like, just, and I could, you know, when you sense with a friend that she had a, she had a, she she had a taste for the night. I do. And I just, it was making me nervous because I had so much work to do. So I kept saying all these caveats. I was like, come round, but, you know, just probably for an hour and a cup of tea. And, you know, and and the more I did that, I think the more of a challenge she saw. So then she came round, she's like, should we open a bottle of fizz? And then we made two of these. And then there we are, six o'clock in the morning, went to bed.
0: (laughs) Well, here we are in your lovely home. Thank, thank you absolutely. for coming. Well, thank you for having us. It's gorgeous. Well, I when I you were, when you were in in making Dublin, the I'll cocktail, I was in looking at all your books. I know, so, I love yeah. it. Yeah. I'll be in your
1: medicine cabinet next, so if you've anything to hide. What do I have to hide? No, everything I need to hide, I put under the bed. Okay, good to know. Yeah, and I <laughs> think my ver- my new very conservative cleaner had a little bit of a root down there actually last time was <laughs> here because things started very jovial and then she did the bedroom and. She got a bit cold. I
0: had Mary Kondo in my house. And she <gasps> tried to do my bedroom and I was just like, get out of my bedroom.
1: What do you think- about the Mary Kondo thing. There's been well, such a nasty backlash. Some, I don't uh,
0: agree with the nasty backlash. Yeah. I mean, I think this cleanfluencer thing where they're making millions. Have you heard this? Like, this, they're yeah. the latest. Mrs. Instance. What's her name? Yeah, there's all oh, What's her name. Her. What m- is miss, her name? I don't know. <laughs> This is good for everyone at home. <laughs> Mrs.
1: What's her name? And.
0: what it doesn't name? really Mrs. matter. Hinch. Mrs. Yeah, Hinch. there's all of them. But I think Mary Kondo is actually the real deal because she, she was such a. Um, from, when I, from when she was tiny, she mm. was really cleaning everything and cluttering. And she came to my house. I have really enjoyed the experience. She was so calm, yeah. And she made me feel like everything was possible, and she didn't make me feel bad at all. Oh, that's but nice. I just did not want her sorting through my drawers. I yeah, was like, "No, yeah. Marie Kondo, can you
1: get out of my bedroom?" <laughs> I like having you here as a sort of calming guru, yes. yoga instructor, but don't go near my
0: fucking things. <laughs> And she couldn't speak much English. I think her English is better now, but it was all this just, like the translator would be there and I'd be going, ask her what she thinks of me. The cupboard. <laughs> she'd say all
1: this stuff and then the translator would go, she says you need to sort that out. <laughs> she she says out your pants days. are a mess. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really, I think it's really cruel, the backlash. I haven't even watched the programme. I haven't read, read any of those books. Yeah. It's not the way I would live no. my life. And I, I think becoming, the thing that worries me is I think it's slightly a metaphor of where we're going in other areas of society, which is like increasingly puritanical, that everything has to be squeaky yeah. clean, and I'm a big rever- ve- reveler in the mess, both of both in yeah. clutter of the home and the mess of life. So I think that's worrying. But on the whole, I think you know the thing we forget often about, dare I say, even most not influencers but people who are promoting a type of lifestyle is they just want to help people they want See, to make life easier for people and That's a nice does, thing. but you know
0: what i like about her and what i have taken from her and i will take forever is the spark joy thing which i know a lot of people don't like so she says if something doesn't spark joy yeah what are you doing with it in your house yeah like, I, like I find that, that a brilliant concept and also the weird thing that she tells you to say thank you to things that you get rid of right and that for me when Dom was she was in my house i was picking up like like plasters that were opened and had been used. And I'm going, do I have to say thank you to this? But then after a while, I really got into it and it was kind of like, you know, you with your if you were chucking out a hoover or something mm. <laughs> that you couldn't use, you'd be like, thank you to that Yeah. Thing. You'd be sort of, instead of just mindlessly going, I'm getting yeah. rid, I'm getting rid, you're actually sort of taking a moment to go, okay, well, for that... That was
1: served how, me. Yeah, this served me. I mean, this I think, think that sounds mad, Rachel, I you know, have to say. It does sound mad. But I'm just saying, I
0: thought it was mad and then I started doing it. And now when I'm getting rid of something, I do take a moment to go. But actually, for a while there, that, that earring now, I've lost the other one. Yeah. And that did give me a bit of joy. But, you know, time has come. Yeah. There's sort of a little interaction between your things like instead of just being like no it's just stuff yeah no because at some point they did something for you or you yeah. had a relationship I like
1: the idea as well. and actually my friend who's an interior designer she said to me once I don't see why everything can't be beautiful and I thought that was I'd never thought of it like that but when you go to her house she's she's got a warm eclectic you know busy house it's not pristine by by any in any sense but Small things like, you know, the fairy liquid bottle she dispenses into, like, a lovely glass thing she got on eBay. And actually, I think that that shows a real, uh, like, a joy for life of, like, no, I deserve every day to feel you know, joy and to be aesthetically pleased by something. I think that shows someone who's very optimistic about what they want out of their day. I think it's lovely. Well, I
0: think that's what you have going on here, actually. Oh, thanks,
1: babe. No, it is. You're in one of two <clears throat> nice rooms in my flat. The back of the flat is pretty horrible. And I said to Roisin before we started, I had a friend come here for a party and he said he went to the bathroom in the kitchen and he said I can see why you've only Instagrammed the bedroom in the living room the discrepancy of quality between the front two rooms and the back two rooms is pretty large
0: take me back to childhood homes because mm-hmm. in your book you talk about the kind of bland almost suburban mm. with no offence to your parents no, no, very like very
1: bland yeah <laughs> I told them that I want to know. I want to know about that house. So my parents did a very cruel thing. Where when I was born, we were in a two bed like little basement flat in Islington, um and at the time now, I mean, I've it's like my dream road, the road that we grew up on, and they're these enormous, beautiful villas on this tree lined road. It almost feels like you're in Provence. It's 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 so so beautiful. The road that I grew up in, and that it was like the wrong side of the tracks when we were living there. and These houses cost, you know, 10 shillings or whatever annoying thing your parents say. It was pre-gentrification. Yeah, it was pre... Apparently it all changed in Islington when the Blairs moved in. But this was pre-Blair and it was, yeah, it was just a kind of cheap, very cramped little basement flat for two young well youngish parents my dad's in his 40s but people that didn't have a lot of money that just wanted to to be in London and this was all they could afford in a nice ish area um and I just remember there was like a huge communal garden uh with a mulberry tree that I remember my brother and I climbing it was just amazing and you're in Islington so you're, you know, right in the centre of things. And I have so many memories of walking around Regent's Park or, uh, you know, walking around Camden Market. And... It's like a Richard Curtis film, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and, I, you know, I'm a city kid. It's really in my blood. And then they decided, the bastards, because they wanted to give us, you know, a safe and spacious childhood. How dare they?
0: You that had all the space you needed I on know. the
1: trees. What Me and my brother then? could have been in bunk beds forever. Yeah. Um, they decided to, to move out to the suburbs um, uh, into kind of zone five. So about, probably about 13 miles out of London. And it was just, it was just horrible. <laughs> Look, I know before I have people tweeting me that there are many other horrible childhoods you can have. <laughs> other than check your
0: privilege. I'm, che- you che- it, I'm check checking it. I'm checking, checking it, it right checking now. All-
1: she is. She's got a notepad out. She's checking all her checking it like a cake in the oven. <laughs> and I know that, you know, they were doing, they thought they were doing the best for us. But It was I- no Angela's ashes. <laughs> it was no Angela's
0: With what? With all the... But it was very beige. Can we say that? It was
1: very beige. It was... The way that I would describe it is... I mean, my mum's very into interiors and she's... She had, like, kind of eccentric-ish taste. But all the houses... It was like... We were the first people to live in the house. It was a brand new house. And all the houses on our cul-de-sac were modelled sort of exactly the same. Um, And... They had inside, <laughs> when you go to all these different houses, they all had exactly the same sort of thick beige carpet. It was incredibly overheated, huge televisions, no art on the wall. But, you know, those like canvas pictures of a family all wearing white T-shirts and jeans with the dad lying on the floor with his hand resting on it like that with all the kids in the background and the spaniel <laughs> next to his feet it was that was the vibe i've learned as i've got older like the nuances of of kind of ambition and i'm a posh kid in terms of the lifestyle and the privilege that i grew up i grew up in but my parents weren't like that my parents kind of worked from nothing made good money from nothing and for them the markers of success were a brand new house, exactly. A, you know, a big car in a driveway, yeah, a flat screen TV. For me, I find that so. That's not the home that I would want to raise children. I find it so, um, sort of tasteless and bland. But I understand, without sounding patronizing, I understand that for them there were certain markers, particularly of their time and of their generation Mm. of what working hard and success meant and the suburbs offered that to them
0: and you talk about yourself as a posh kid and I think that's you know you have to own that you have to own your poshness Mm.
1: and you went to boarding school Mm. my mum was was very much of the school of thought of like you have kids to raise kids so I wanted to go to boarding school when I was about 13 because I've always just wanted to be independent you know I've always just wanted to be grown up you were one of these people weren't you that just wanted to get there I just wanted to press fast forward on my whole adolescence basically. But they just would not let me go to boarding school. I was crawling the walls to go. Co-ed, obviously. Didn't want to be around a load of boring girls. Um, That's the main reason I wanted to go to boarding school. Um, And then I got to 16 and they said finally, yes, okay, you can go to boarding school. Tell
0: me about your home then. So is, is it a dorm situation? Yeah, it
1: was a dorm. In the first year we were sharing rooms. It was like high know, and hysteria. When you're boarding and you're 17 or 18, it's sort of ridiculous. So it got to a point with one of our matrons where she was like, you know, have a fag, but have it on the roof at this time and don't do it in front of the younger girls. And there was a weird sort of respect there. You know, we were always drinking. There was this, I've written about it in the book, there was a bar on campus for the sick formers, which was opposite our house, literally opposite it. And then university was also away and living. That was Exeter. For the halls that I went to, this is actually quite an interesting story. It was They were kind of brand new halls of residence. Um, and they were, because, you know, everyone dreams of their halls of residence as being like, you have a tie-dye sheet on the wall and a Che Guevara poster, and it's all kind of crummy and, you know, disgusting. Um, these halls were, everyone had a, <laughs> I mean, Exeter was like the most disgustingly posh uni of all time it was called the green welly university for quite a long time there was a everyone had a double bed a mini <sighs> fridge their own wet room and a balcony so that was my hall's experience i don't know what to say but then my first house that we had our student house with the girls who i ended up living with in london that was disgust that was the most disgusting house i've ever lived in it was Horrible. There was like a set of there was like a set of chairs and a table on the roof that none of us could work out how it got there. There was mold. It stank. Everything in my wardrobe smelt like a sort of cricket pavilion. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. So is that the worst home you've ever lived in? Mm,
0: probably. But you were with all these people that you were having great friendships yeah. with. So it's so
1: funny, isn't it? That that I mean, it's a cheesy and cliched thing to say, but. When we talk about that house on Vic Street with the red door, the romanticism with which we talk about it because we were just like playing house, we're all these Mm -hmm. kids playing grown ups. So I just think of it as this. It's like it was, it was everything was touched with gold. The whole it was like a magic house to me. Tell us about this lovely flat. How did that come about? And were you kind of
0: looking at a million different places and they were all too expensive? Well,
1: I just what happened was the final sugar babe left me, and she said. (laughs) My boyfriend, she was so scared to tell me.
0: What's the main Sugar Babe song? I'm trying to hear the soundtrack in my head of the Sugar Babe.
1: Round, round, baby, round, round. Do, 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 do. Which was the one? Yeah. Am I Mucha? <laughs> yeah, you I think Keisha. you're a Yeah, I think you are. Mucha, yeah. yeah. And she was so nervous about telling me because I felt very betrayed. I felt very betrayed when those two girls initially moved out, of Farley and then AJ. Because I think they did it too soon, and I still I still tell them that when I get drunk. <laughs> Jesus I'm Christ. still angry about it. Rachel. You still bring it up. i still champagne bring it cocktails, <laughs> which are very nice. Like they mm. are good, aren't they? Mm. Mm. Um You know, Farley and I had been living together for like three months when she said, "By the way, I'm moving in with <laughs> <fine. laughs> my with my boyfriend," and we were like. You know, we'd been planning the London Years together for a long time. So I
0: was pretty gutted. You were really,
1: I remember I was, reading
0: in your book, that was not a good No, I was but very, you're very upset. honest at your absolute disgust about yeah, it. Yeah. And you really didn't like him for it as yeah. well.
1: Which yeah. Which is so Look, I behave very badly. The way I reacted to it was was completely disproportionate. And I can see now as well that I was so lonely and lost in so many other ways that my whole identity, my whole sense of family, my whole security, my whole safety, everything was in those girls. So my reaction, that's too much to put on them. And that's not their job to, to look after me like that and nourish me like that. So I did obviously <laughs> react like a psycho. Um, I actually, no, I think I did put it in the book. I was about to say, I charitably left this out, but actually I don't think <laughs> I did, I think I put it in. Farley moved out, bearing in mind she knew how heartbroken and devastated I was. She moved out on my 25th birthday. Yeah, you did put that in, I think. <laughs> I seem to remember that. And she said to me now, she said, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, actually, she blames her. Anyway, uh, he's good. not on the scene, so we can't even quiz him. No. Um, so, yeah, I... So India was very, very nervous about telling me. because She just thought I would... Just go throw myself in the Thames. She was so nervous, and I said to her, look, I'm much better now. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I don't want this to follow me around forever. I was 24 when I when I reacted like that. And she and she said, What do you think you want to do? And I said, Well, Belle, our other flatmate. I knew she was in a serious relationship, and I thought, Well, I can just stay. I said, like, Belle and I can probably live together until she. Leaves me for her boyfriend, which I probably give it about six months before they move in together. And it was India who said to me, "Dolly, you're not the Hunger Games." She was like, "It shouldn't be an endurance test to My see which, God, friend. yeah." She said, "We shouldn't all be seeing which one of us can like stick out the longest with you." She was like, "You know, have more respect for yourself." And she said, <laughs> <laughs> "Did you? Did you? I'm sorry, I just need to see this moment when she said that. Did it? Did it kind of feel like a light bulb? Yeah. yeah. Did you feel like you know? Yeah." Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. It was. I just was like, yeah, why are all these women starting their stories? And I can start my own story. But the problem is I thought I couldn't because of the money thing. So then I just thought, right, I I just have to, I just have to just really, because I think you can get good deals in London, but the problem is, is that you have to be glued to mm. property size. It's like a full full-time time job. job. Yeah. And if you're willing to just spend a month, basically sit, and thank God, because I don't work in an office, I could just sit refreshing, and the minute something comes up, ring the guy and say, can I go see now? And it's normally like some old posh biddy who's got this house and she doesn't realise how much she should be renting it for. Or With this place, I think the reason that this place was... Cheap is that there was this really, really stringent, quite rare vetting process for tenants. That was like, I've I've never heard of it before. That you have to go through all these different kind of background checks and testing and financial testing and whatever, which takes like six weeks. And the guy, I think they'd had like three people get to the end. This is the most boring detail. Sorry, <laughs> I just realised how boring this story is. But it is it is essential because they would get these people to go to the very final round, and then they at the final round these people wouldn't pass the final bit of the test, which meant they would have to put it back on the market again. So I think every time they put it back on the market, they just knocked money off. So the first time I saw it on the market, it was quite cheap, and I'm quite, I just loved it because it's like it's like my dream flat really. Without sounding smug, I mean it's it's disgusting from the outside, um, and the Back of it's pretty higgledy-piggledy. It's the shittest kitchen in London. But it's, dying also, <laughs> it's also high ceilings and cornicing and a Georgian flat and big windows and lots of light. And I just love that type of architecture. And it's in my favourite part of London where I spent a lot of my childhood and adolescence and 20s that I feel very, very attached to. On a tree-lined road, so I, it was like my dream, dream flat. You're just
0: there at Camden Market for well, yeah, Because yeah. I saw them
1: because I used to live in London and I just saw that
0: railway bridge and I was like, yes, oh, exactly, my God. exactly, exactly. So on a Saturday, on the weekend, it must be just
1: amazing to walk out. Yeah, it's full of bloody tourists, now, I have to say. <laughs> Apparently, it's the second most visited tourist <laughs> um, destination yeah, in London. Camden Town, mate. Eh? Yeah, wheels and pubs. well Zen pub exactly but I but then it came up so I uh, I applied and they said I'm so sorry it's been taken and I kept thinking about it you know when you meet a man (laughs) and you find out he has a wife and you just couldn't stop dreaming about this flat I kept seeing these places that were wildly out of my budget that were just horrible and I was despairing I remember taking India to this flat that was I mean I couldn't afford it first of all it was so small I mean the square meter it was tiny and I remember saying the phrase to her but I can keep all my clothes in a suitcase under the bed (laughs) and she stood in the flat with me and the estate agent was obviously like yeah yeah she could she could yeah Yeah, that's totally doable that's what Marco's done for four years Who's lived here he's totally fine and India was like I just don't And I was like, no, no, it's just fine. I'd been so convinced. I was like, no, I think it's fine. And she was like, no, you can't do this. And then I remember sitting, looking on Right Move, and this place came up and it was cheaper. And I felt the same feeling as when a boyfriend breaks up with you because they want to be on your own and then you see them on Tinder. I was so betrayed. I was so upset because as far as I knew, it was off the market. So I sent this panicked message to the guy saying, well, is, it, is it available? And then I had to go through this long thing and then I nearly missed it and I had to do a tax return early. It was such a ball ache to get this place. And I remember I knew I wanted it so much, I would come and stand outside. It was I just have vacant. often walked on this street before. I did do that. I just stand. But the pavement always
0: stayed beneath my feet before. Yeah, it was probably yeah. on my in my
1: earphones, actually. <laughs> and I just stood staring at this house, trying to manifest, imagining myself just pottering around. Anyway, very long-winded answer to happened. your story. Yeah, yeah. I'm very grateful I live here. So tell me where what is your favorite thing about it what what is it you love i just think i love the bones of it i just love i love georgian architecture and i i love i love the high ceilings high ceilings is a very big deal for me i think it's because i am so tall oh yeah maybe (laughs) maybe it's like the bfg's house um yeah high ceilings and i love you know, I'm very romantic about old things. I like old things. So I like the, you know, I like the story of the place. I love, there's like, a, on the side of the building, there's a, a big painted sign that I think behind it used to be a factory for something. And I'm always trying to find out the history of this road. And I, and I love thinking about the people who's, who've lived here. I have this very bad habit. I actually think this is illegal, I like opening the post of people who've lived. <laughs> that is illegal, isn't it? But the couple who lived here before me, two men, are Scientologists. Because I kept getting this this letter to this like subscription. It's Scientology magazine. Yeah, but they might
0: have just gone in for a look in Scientology and then they got signed up. That's what they Don't tend to you? do. No, so you and so... I know that once you're in, you're in. No, but I went to New York once too. We were in New York and we walked past this Scientology thing. And I said to Johnny, like my boyfriend for the laugh, we just go in, right? Oh my God, it was the most terrifying thing I've ever... I thought we were never going to get out of there. We yeah. went in, they made us go into a room and watched this movie, which was so weird. What was the movie? The movie was all about how, like even when really bad things happen to you, like you're in a car crash or something, if you suffer afterwards, it's your own fault. And actually you can reframe it your mind... It was like we were sitting there, and I kept going. Oh, I think I've seen enough of that movie. Now. I'm trying to get out, and they wouldn't let us out. And I actually like thought, you're in a gap. Thank I, you. Actually, I actually thought we were going to be stuck there. I never was so relieved to come out to the to Manhattan. Like I, I was having a panic attack because I actually thought they're going to. But that's what I think.
1: They just sign you up and then
0: it probably keep
1: sending you stuff. Oh no! See, I I've got a whole story in my head about these two now. I don't like. I like okay, keep either. that. Keep I like all the their Scientology friends coming here. Maybe John Travolta was here. <laughs> handing Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Casey. Yeah. Casey might have been here, and then she I was think like, she was. Geez. I like to think she was. <laughs> yeah, but
0: that might have been the final straw. She's like, no, <laughs> I can't. I can't anymore. These people
1: with their shitty kitchen. <laughs> got to get out of this girl. It's Supposed to be glam. The house looks like shit from the outside. <laughs>
0: escape the ordinary with green and blacks sponsor of back to yours made with the finest ingredients and ethically sourced cocoa discover your favorite flavor from the range which includes 70% cocoa roasted almond salted caramel sea salt and mint When you are not feeling the best, you're feeling in bad mood, you're wrecked, you're tired, or you've got a deadline that you can't meet, and you're just not. What is it that? Where do you curl up? What bed, do you do? Bed. So, what's the bed? What's the bed
1: situation like? The bed is. I have quite strong opinions on the bed. Can I ask you something as yes. a married person? Yes. Double or king. King. My has mum. To be. Yeah. And
0: actually, like if there was a bigger, is there bigger than king? I just think the bed, like a bed, needs king. to be very big. I agree. Space. And also then maybe it needs to be single beds. I'm just saying, like,
1: I don't have single beds, but I'm just thinking, after a while, you just need your space. Totally. Yeah. I ask because my mum and dad have a very happy marriage, and my mum said she truly thinks the success of their marriage is that they've always had a king-size bed. Yeah, it has to be big. You
0: have to be able to be on the in the bed without touching them. But then yeah. it's great to touch them, but then
1: also to be able That's to not it. touch That's them. That's it. That's what you want. Yeah. That's what I want from... That's what I want from a relationship, basically, what you just said. Just to come together and it be nice, And then to move apart. And then you move apart. (laughs) I think the key word there is briefly. I said to my friend Pandora, who I co-host a podcast with, we'd had a really, really busy day with the podcast, and I think I was like a few months into living on my own, and I said goodbye to her, and I said, oh, God, I can't wait to go back home. I'm going to make pasta, and I'm going to watch... A film, and I'm going to go to bed early and have a really long bath. And I said, you know, moments like this, I'm so, so grateful that I live and win and I don't have to go home and perform to anyone. And she said, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like I'm going home to have that with my husband. And when she said, you'll know you've met your person and you fall in love when going home feels like being on your own. And I kind of got what she meant. Because of the person I am, she, and the person she is, because she loves kind of time on her own. She said, when I'm at home with him, I feel like I'm chilling out on an evening on my own. Even though we're talking and stuff, I don't feel the pressure to have to That's entertain really and point. perform for him. Yeah,
0: and I, I get that as well. And I, yeah, I think I'd go crazy if I didn't feel like I could just be. Someone who yeah. goes into another room and does her own thing.
1: And just comfortable, peace, quiet, you know. That's what I'm after, basically.
0: Yeah. How's that gone?
1: What, the dating? (laughs) I am dating someone now, actually. And it works very well because he works all the time, so we never see each other. (laughs) But no, I do, I love that feeling. I used to be so scared of the idea of cohabitation and, you know, commitment, long-term commitment. But more and more, I think because I have had relationships where I felt the person is clingy or demanding... More and more, I think, do you know, if I find the right dude, you know, like you and your husband or my mum and dad, it should, it should. Obviously, it's a challenge and it's difficult. I'm sure it annoys you, but basically, just a sense of living. Yeah. living life side by side yeah. rather than entirely intertwined. I'd love that with someone. I'd love to have a home with someone and feel like. But I think this this home thing. you
0: have here is really it feels like to me a really important time in your life like to have Aww. this space. I don't know because we no, don't it know each other it very does. well but yeah. do you know. Stop saying
1: that. I feel no. like you're my best friend. <laughs> so you said it like 3 times now. Because I, I don't want to be keep like saying I don't know each other that I well. I know, but I keep saying acting Like, like with fifth
0: cousins. <laughs> It's just because I don't want you to think. I think I'm presuming, like, oh, look at us, we're busy mates. It's just, I just feel like I can, I see you here. This is a really good vibe for you. And also to have time where you're just on your own and Mm. people are coming to you and you're, or you're saying, no, I want time on my own. Or you're saying, no, actually, I'll have people over just to be in that Mm. space where you control it. You know, I think when you were living with all your friends, like, there was constant traffic. Yeah. I just love that image of you, like, just (laughs) making up the excuse about.
1: Yeah. And the other problem is, is that you work out. You you get really in tune when you live on your own with with the movements of your day, like what you're like at different times of the day. And I now look back now and realize I had this flatmate Bell who I love, but I felt very angry with her. most <laughs> mornings, I felt so angry, like she was trying to ruin my life every was morning. She an early
0: morning riser.
1: Yeah, and in an the yeah. evening i adored her because in the evening it was. Tea and wine and talk and talk and joke and your day and my day and and Mm. music and guitars and jamming. But in the morning, I just cannot deal with that. And I realise now when I'm on my own, because even with myself, I have to, like, not really think. I have it has to be so quiet. Yeah,
0: I'm just, it's a different thing. It's the other end of the day. But I lived with someone once who I was very close to, um, related to me. I'm afraid he's listening, so I can't say. (laughs) And the thing is, I would come home and so this flat we shared two bedroom flat and like i would just want to go i would it would be my time for going just to my room and then he would be like um how was your day and wanting a conversation and i couldn't handle it like at all it's the worst but but what is that about me i always felt so bad like this is a normal thing this person you're living with it's just checking in yeah what's your day been like was i I mean, I just didn't want to and talk about my them. day yeah. and I just wanted to go in my room. And I think, and it was terrible because like, I obviously had to move out eventually because I just realised I'm someone who can't stand being asked how your day was. What, I was, is wrong I with am me? exactly the same.
1: And it was like, it reminded me of when I was a teenager with my mum and she'd be like, how was your day? And I'd be like, stop, <laughs> stop being so involved is in my life, because, Get a life. I know,
0: is that it then? Is that because we don't really, we just don't like anyone kind
1: of on us or, you know. I, I think it's just back to the, Introvertism, extrovertism thing. And I think as well, particularly with what we do and with what you do as well, is that you have to do a lot of absorbing and listening to people, and then you have to do a lot of expressing and talking. And I would get back sometimes and I would think, do you know what? I don't want to listen to anyone anymore, and I certainly don't want to talk anymore. I'm done with communication. But now. it's
0: also I just find that
1: question, "How was your day?" I really hate it. I hate different. it. I just, hate what it as
0: do well. you say? Like it's like how's the weather? It's it. like elevator talk. I just can't. I know. I'm not very good at that stuff. I have to get really like. If you really want to know, then I'd be really in going. Yeah. Do you know what? There's this. T-, you know, I would have yeah. to get straight into this terrible thing that happened with this. You know, I just. I can't answer it. Like, it's, I don't know what I would answer that would satisfy the person who's asking me. That's what <laughs> I, I know, I feel. I'm the Too so much pressure or something. And then did
1: you used to do that thing? This was when mm-hmm. I knew I had to live on my own, <laughs> where I would be in bed reading or whatever, and then I would hear footsteps coming up the stairs.
0: And so I would off. turn
1: all the lights <laughs> and off. Dive. And I would dive under the duvet and then just be complete. And it's like, don't. You know, in The Sound of Music, when they hide, the Von Traps are hiding behind the statue, I'd be like that, just like... And then I was only out of the, the danger zone when I heard them. And I I sometimes also would gauge because Belle just loved an old natter. So I would sometimes, I would hear her clattering around because she wanted to gauge if I was still awake. Oh, yeah, she'd be like, yeah. clatter, clatter, just to see. Short of being like, are you awake? That's yeah. what she was doing. And I just couldn't. And this sounds so mean. Literally, she's one of my best friends. She's yeah. like a sister. And I was talking to her and... Telling her things and hearing her things is one of my favorite activities on earth. But for some reason, very early in the morning or or straight when I got back from work, it just hmm. repulsed me. <laughs> I just couldn't <laughs> deal with it. See, I, I think that's a terrible it.
0: thing about living with people that they can actually go from people that you love with a deep love to people that you absolutely hate, yeah. and it's an awful, awful thing. That's why I think like it's probably you know it's if you can survive that. You know it's great, but I mean yeah. it can also ruin everything. It's a it's a and, fine and that, line. And that
1: person that you lived with, yeah. how long was it for? <laughs> that? Not I that I <laughs> Because he just kept asking you how he was. The bloody empath. And once I said, Selfish. like, you
0: stop asking me, and it was he was so hurt. Mm. And I just felt that I'm a bad, I'm a bad, I'm a bad person. <laughs> I need to not be. Back. My yeah, because that's
1: basically what happened. But do you feel a closeness with him because you live together?
0: Uh no, no. No, like she was such a bitch. I <laughs> <laughs> just feel like, at least I know now that I can never live with him. Yeah. And it's not anything, it's me, it's not him, it's me.
1: <laughs> when
0: you think of the word home, what do you think?
1: Do you know, it's changed so much over the years. I think now, because I'm basically housebound basically like honestly I spent so I spent three days this week on my own in this house other than going out for a walk or run or doing you know popping to the shops I was just in ensconced in this house writing or cooking or listening to a podcast or reading it's like my place of creation um it's like it's a total sanctuary and more and more it's it's my like nightclub it's like where I socialize. More and more, any opportunity that I can do something, I'll see if I can do it at home. Photo shoot. Now I'm like, no, I want to do it at home. I'm, sh- you know, I'm sure you know the number of things that come up where I'm, you know, someone invites, says, should we go out for dinner? Unless I'm in a going outy mood, which increasingly is less and less. I'm like, well, can I come to yours, or do you want to come here and I'll cook? You know, five dates in, I basically just want them here eating spaghetti that I've cooked. Home is where well, I just increasingly feel this like. I don't know what it is. Is it I, laziness dolly. It might be that. Maybe I'm dressing it up. <laughs> Maybe I just like being in those gap jersey leggings all the time. And a Miss Trunchbull bun. bun. Um, it could be that. There's this amazing um, Euripides, I think it's Euripides, quote. There you go. One cocktail in. I think it's Euripides who said, no... <laughs> know first who you are and then adorn yourself accordingly. And I often employ it as a defence when people say, oh, what's the point in caring in fa- uh, caring about fashion? What's the point in caring about a silk lampshade? Or, You know, and I think it becomes like a kind of nation of identity or home and memories and stories. And I think I just feel a real comfort in being around that. You know, I'm not a hermit. I do go out. <laughs> I do go out quite a lot. But I do, I'm always happy to be home. And actually a test for me, the real... The real moments in life where I kind of check my privilege, to use the language of millennials, is when I've been on holiday and I realise that I'm always so happy to come home. And I just think what, what an amazing lucky life I have that there are so many people for whom, you know, home is a thing to escape. I, I feel very, very lucky that I, that I feel so kind of happy and settled
0: it's interesting that you're talking about being here on your own and not not necessarily seeing someone except the person at the corner shop or wherever yep. you go, <laughs> who probably knows you very well, do they? Yeah,
1: yeah, very first name terms. Yeah, because <laughs> you lived with
0: people for most of your adult life to date before yeah. you moved in here. Yeah. So- I'm interested in how it compares because you've written, you know, so well about that kind of family that you create mm. when you have a housemates and, you know, your dinner parties and your part and the whole just it just sounded so great. And you really loved that camaraderie and mm. the community that you built up. So I'm wondering what you liked about that, what you maybe miss about that and how it compares to this more solitary lifestyle.
1: It's weird because it's the girls that I live with. I live with my best friends for five years and I was like, I think I've told you, I was like the sugar babes. I was like the founding member. And then they all kept going off to move in with their boyfriends, but yet I remained. And they kept shipping new ones in. Um, and it, it's a weird thing with those girls because there's not a day, since I've moved in on my own, I did have a panic right before I moved in where I just thought, what if I hate it? Or what if I feel lonely? Or what if my mental health suffers? Or, you know, I, I did suddenly have a bit of a wobble. Truly, I can say there hasn't been one day where I haven't thought, no, this was totally the right decision. But saying that, also every single day, there isn't a day where I don't miss living with girls. So it's weird to have that. I think this is like a, a paradoxical thing that happens a lot in life. I think a lot of married people have it about being single, where they're like, God, I'm so lucky that I married this person and I wouldn't change that for the world. But every day they can miss the freedom and... You know, and that and that's quite a strange thing for those truths to hold them, for those both for both those things to be true. That I don't want to go back to that at all. In fact, the thought of going back to that, I mean, <laughs> slightly makes me feel sick. I could not live with. Being, I mean, I struggle now on a group holiday. I have to say, I end up spending a lot of time. Do in Do you the think loo you found out a little bit more that you're kind of more maybe
0: introverted isn't the word, but that you enjoy your own solitude and company and I think sometimes you can think you're not like that kind of a person that you're very outgoing because obviously you are on some level.
1: What do you think you
0: are? I'm really interested in that introvert extrovert thing because I think uh, you can get easily pigeonholed as someone who seems to be the life and soul of the Mm. party and really Mm. like outgoing and I would be a bit like that but there's another part of me that's really like just likes to be on my own and it's not particularly on my own I haven't even read a book or do anything I just I like (laughs) It doesn't happen very often, but I'm in my house and there is no children and no partner and I'm just like, and I know nobody's actually going to come for a while. Mm. I don't know, it's just like a, a sort of a breathing out and release mm. of that. I like my yeah. own company. I like thinking, I like to have the headspace
1: to think. Well, you're a writer stuff. as well. You know, I was listening to Wendy Cope's Desert Island Dis, and she used this phrase where she said, every writer needs dream time. And as pretentious as it sounds, you do. You need time that's just unscheduled to just... Be thinking or absorbing stuff, and apparently, I think the the real definition of extrovertism and introvertism, which I read somewhere, is not my theory, I have to say. I well, think is... just appropriate it. <laughs> I, <laughs> Go do, on. I do that so much, <laughs> I do it so much where I just take people's quotes and theories and say it's my own. Um, you can do it drunk at dinner parties, but you can't do it tipsy on a podcast. Um, is that introverts are energized by solitude and extroverts are energized by company so I look at my best friend Farley and she feeds off the energy of other people the moods of others has a direct effect on her mood and that is how she she's like a phone that that's how she plugs in and charges whereas for me as much as I love hanging out with people particularly people that I adore friends and family it drains me. It absolutely, absolutely you say drains drain. me. I was, yeah. was going to say the I can same feel words. myself depleting down to zero. Because yeah. yeah. I
0: was even thinking coming here, I was thinking it's really nice of you to do this, to let us in. We know each other a little bit, but not that much. You know, I was thinking if it was me, if it was the other way around, I would have to steal myself a bit and go, okay, yeah. you know, I've got to get this. Even as much as you might like somebody, yeah. you yeah, still yeah. Yeah. know even that it's, going to, it's yeah. going to take something from you. And totally. It's, but it's really good to talk about that, I think, and not to just yeah. like... Just because when you're in that situation, you are able to, like, perform and be great doesn't mean it's not afterwards you need to, like, lie down in a dark room. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And I think the more we talk about it and understand each other, the better we can serve each other. And actually, Farley now, Farley and I have a really great understanding. And I know what she needs and she knows what I need. And we went on, like, a group holiday to the countryside, all us girls, like, eight of us girls. When was that? In November. And... It was bliss, like heaven, everything that I love, eating, drinking, walking, being in nature with my best friends, but I was fucking done with them. (laughs) By Sunday afternoon, I was really the talking, it was too much, I just needed... (laughs) So just as you said, like it wasn't even. I need to read, or I need no. to. I just needed some silence on my own. It's the silence. I yeah. think. Yeah, it's very underrated. Yeah, and Farley said this thing where they were all driving back to London in two cars, and I was like, "Do you know what? I'm actually going to get the train. If you could drop me at the nearest station, I'm going to decide I need to get the train, because I have to. I have to write a column." And I just kept I was like, you know, they've told me I have to re-edit the whole column for the bloody bastards. You know, just made up this thing about my editors, you know, bloody deadlines. And then they would and then they could tell I was just I, I was struggling to improvise. And they're like, oh, what have they said? And why that's so out of order. And then it got to a point where we were just driving station file, went, Dolly wants to be on her own. <laughs> And she just knew it, and she wasn't pissed off with me. She said she literally just needs... It's Sunday night, she doesn't want to be in a car with women that she's been with the whole weekend, who she loves, nattering about, what's your favourite sandwich filling? Or do you know what I mean? <laughs> Constantly singing along to Magic FM for another four hours. She just needs, before the the week starts, she needs a couple of hours on her own. And I just... Loved her so much for knowing that about me, and knowing that that didn't make me selfish, or that it wasn't wasn't any sort of testament to how I felt about them. What is your dream home? Where do you want to be? Let me go through my property portfolio for you, Roisin. Number one, big Georgian house, townhouse, Primrose Hill. Number two, <laughs> okay, South of France it's sort of modern. are we talking
0: nice are we talking like you know can no like provence rice? no no more no. Grass, talking rustic. Grass, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. don't no, worry i have a house by the sea as well okay um, good to no, know so is... for when i come visiting yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, all the
1: kids will be so yeah. Fun. <laughs> um yeah i want rustic um farmhouse borgunilla all that like yeah beautiful yeah. scents of yeah flowers color God, a little bicycle to go to the get the basket, basket on the front bakery obviously. every day yeah brujettes yeah with the
0: flower still on sticking out but
1: you've it, literally it's like you've gone into my head and you've seen exactly my plans for my houses yeah in fact i would houses. go houses Houses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i would go outside of minerve which is where did you read the book a year in provence by peter yes. mail that's, I mean, where, that's he where he moved he is. okay and actually i went to provence on my own um this summer because i'm a loner as we've established this podcast, um, I went to Provence for a couple of weeks and I went there and I was just like, yeah. I was actually looking in estate agents in the window. I do that a lot. I do that a lot. There's, there's a French, this, like a chateau browsing uh, website that I go on to because you can buy a chateau in France for like 300,000 euro, which is an extraordinary amount of money. You, no you would like a, a castle in France. No, it's a bit too grand for me. I'm very down to earth and a modest person. I just want a big farmhouse okay. with a vineyard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm more of a sort of salt of the earth. Get it? I don't like you know with the some staff in life. helping out with the vineyard. A bit, yeah, one or two, one or two. Yeah. Um, and then I'd like a cottage by the sea in Devon. When I say cottage, we want lots of friends. This is probably about <laughs> when I say cottage. Probably about a five bedroom a cottage. <laughs> a large cottage with a nice annex. An annex for elderly relatives in devon in devon by the sea in south devon so those are the three truly because home having having a home and it doesn't have to be like a flashy home but having a home that always has heating and milk and tea bags in the fridge and loo roll and you know a place where my friends can come and we can drink and eat together it is literally the only reason that i work as hard as i do it is that is I would give away everything, I would never go on a holiday again, I would never buy a new pair of shoes again if someone said to me, this is the thing you can have. It is the only reason I, mm. you know, bust my balls. So for me, when I look in my future of what do I want, what does success look like for me, it's just that. If I can have it in three separate destinations, that would be honest. But truly, that's all I dream about is, is home or homes. That
0: was the very lovely Dolly Alderton there and thanks to her for letting us into her home and for the champagne cocktails. Thanks for listening. I'm Roisin Ingle and remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like what you hear, please give us a review on iTunes and tell all your friends about the podcast. Next time, my guest on Back to Yours is an old and very dear friend of mine, Paul Howard.
1: I remember the day I moved in just thinking like at 26 years of age right just thinking oh Jesus I don't want to, I want to move back home right <laughs> just it was the fear